Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Merry Christmas and welcome to the Naked Marriage Podcast. It's our last episode before Christmas Day. Hope you got your shopping done or you're getting close to it. And our Christmas present to you today is... A conversation about how to have a great and healthy sex life with our friend Gary Thomas, who I'll tell you about in just a second. But you are listening to the Naked Marriage Podcast with Dave and Ashley Willis. On this podcast, we undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And before we dive in today, my lovely bride is going to read a recent review and thank you to those who've been submitting reviews. They mean a lot to us and they also help folks discover this podcast. They do. Today's review is from Cheers Future! Exclamation point. I love that. And this person entitled it, Oh, Happy Day, and gave us five stars. Thank you very much. And this person said, I'm still pinching myself, hardly believing that you two not only exist, but really have this, in all caps, podcast. Where were you 22 years ago when my husband and I were newlyweds? Ha! Right now, I'm the only one listening, even though I've shared the link in a couple of episodes with him. How do I get him to take a listen? Why aren't we living in the marriage capital of the U.S.? How do I become best friends with you two? You are so sweet together. Your voices are wonderful to listen to, and I hope your new book comes out in Audible, which it will, just side note, as well, because how I read nowadays, that's how I read nowadays. I want a reset, man. I want my husband and I to start over, to rewrite our two decades fraught with sadness, resentment, hurt, anger, and disappointments. I want to start over. We're 59 slash 49, I'm sorry, 52 slash 49 years old. And if we live to be 80, we have three more decades to go. Something's got to change for the better. Thank you for the gift of looking forward to the future with excitement rather than dread. And I want to move to the marriage capital of the U.S. God bless you. God bless your boys. Bless your ministry and bless all the couples you're impacting writing from Vermont. Thank you so much. And we're going to be praying for you. And by the way, the marriage capital of the U.S., if you've been listening to our podcast, we sometimes announce that we're, we're coming to you from South Lake, Texas, the marriage, marriage capital, capital of, of the, the U.S. US. So and that's what she's referring to Because there. it's the home <laughs> of the XO Marriage Headquarters. That's right. And actually a new headquarters being built. Being built as we speak. As we speak. As we so speak. the marriage capital of the U.S., South Lake, Texas, is growing even more. So we are so excited. Yes. So excited. And so, yeah, come visit. Come visit South Lake. That's right. Well, today we've got a special guest with us, and I'm excited about it. Gary Thomas has been somebody we followed for years and learned from for years because he's been just a pioneer in marriage ministry. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a legend. He's a writer in residence at Second Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, an adjunct faculty member on teaching and spiritual formation at Western Seminary in Portland and Houston Theological Seminary in Houston. The author of over 20 books, including When to Walk Away, Sacred Pathways, Cherish, and Sacred Marriage, which has by itself sold over a million copies, guys. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of books. 
He has a master's degree from Regent College, was awarded his honorary doctorate degree in, uh, from Western Seminary, and we are so excited to talk about his brand new book called Married Sex. So again, our Christmas present to you guys is a conversation that could revolutionize your sex life for the better. Let's dive in. So when a little kid who like wants to be a basketball player gets to meet someone like LeBron James, it's it, it's probably life changing because it's like, wow, like because of you, like I want to I want to play basketball, too. And it's this big deal. Well, that's kind of how we feel when we get to meet and hang out with Gary Thomas. He's kind of the LeBron James of marriage ministry. Uh, and so, you know, as we shared in that, we won't read through his whole uh, long, illustrious uh, bio again for you as we did in the intro, but just really a legend within this space and and a guy who's um, was mentoring us long before we'd even met him in person, just from the work that, that he has done so faithfully for so many years. And so just like I said it in the intro, but I want to say it again, Gary, it's a privilege to have you on here. Yes. Welcome. They, I don't even know what to say. Apart from our hair, I don't know that LeBron and I share too much in common, so uh, you're, you're more than kind. Oh, no, uh, it really is an honor to, to interview you today, and we're really excited to talk about your newest book, Married Sex, which you authored along with our friend Deborah Faleda, who's also been on the podcast, and um, it, it's great, and it's actually, you know, it's there's, there's very few books out there that are so specific, and that's what I love about this book, and so I'd love to hear more about kind of what inspired you to write this. Well, actually, I was asked to. A number of national marriage ministry leaders have emails and text messages that go back. And the question was just raised, what, where is the book that we can give to couples, yes. evangelical couples, on, on sex? And there's some great books out there, but some were seeming a little dated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some, they feel like we can give this to them, but then the wives get upset, even though the guys like it. Mm-hmm. And one of them specifically said, yeah, I think you need to write that. But I, I didn't want to write it alone. I felt like I have a certain skill set. I have a certain age. And just praying through it, the chance to work with Deborah Filleta just seemed like a perfect balance. I've been married almost as long as she's been alive. She's a licensed counselor. I'm a spiritual writer. Um, she's a woman. I'm a man. So we're bringing different skill sets, different stages of life, uh, different perspectives, so that we could create a book that that men and women could read together and just be helped in this area. We really just wrote it out of just a passion. We just really want to help couples where they feel like there's a safe resource. Uh, And the best thing I heard, you all are familiar with the Marriage Collective and Mm -hmm. uh, a person out there who just has a a great national ministry just pulled me aside and Gary, because Gary, I think you and Deborah did it. This this is the book we've been waiting for, a resource we can give to couples where we don't have to say, well, ignore this part or this 25%. And he just said, thank you. We're going to be able to use it. That's what we were hoping to do, and and I was thrilled to hear that others were able to read it that way. Well, I love it. And you two are the dream team, really, to to tag up tag team on this because of all those very different and unique strengths and perspectives that you both have. You know, Gary, you coming at it with just a wealth of wisdom, um, you know, in your own marriage and in your own life, and and the books that you've written, and uh, and then as a pastor, you know, your pastor's heart really comes through in this in such a beautiful way. And then Deborah being that, you know, licensed counselor and being able to kind of attack it from like more, more of a clinical approach. Those two, those two things, you know, kind of being married together, uh, it really was a beautiful blend. And I think that your strengths complemented each other so well 
And because of those different perspectives, male, female, you know, all those different perspectives, it was such a beautifully balanced book. And it's one that, that you know, we were honored to endorse. I'm so proud that our names are in it as, as ones who were able to, to kind of read it early on. And just the whole time I'm thinking, man, I wish I would have written this. This is just so good. <laughs> no, but it, it, it was uh, really a, such a needed resource because you're right, especially on that, that issue of sex within the church. Um, and we're, you know, we're trying to do our part to kind of lead healthy conversations around those same topics, which is why I'm so honored that you're here right now. But there just aren't a lot of really good um, modern resources to be able to hand couples and say, this from cover to cover is going to help. It's going to help you thrive because God wants your sex life to be amazing. And uh, and this is going to help you get there. So let's let's dive in a little bit and, and hope that that our listeners will pick up a copy of Married Sex by Gary Thomas and Deborah Falada. But we're going to share just a little bit uh, through our conversation today about what's in it. So, Gary, what do you feel like are some of the common misconceptions or, or quote, expectations that couples have with their sex lives? Yes. Well, first, that you'll always desire each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the notions presented in Hollywood, if you love each other, if you're attracted to each other, you're always going to feel like having sex. It's just not true to life. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it, it, it's the same thing. You know, I, I love junk food, but if I had a great meal and I'm full, I don't even want the best junk food. You can <laughs> right. put a box of hot tamales in front of me. I could even walk away um, from that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's one where it really can, um, we need to get away from. The other expectation that often is wrong is that it's always going to be easy. Yeah. yeah. We found, yeah. and Deborah really backs this up as a counselor, that every couple will have sexual issues of some type. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you don't expect that going in, then you think something's wrong with you. Are we not compatible in this area? No, every couple will have to face it. Mm-hmm. We go through it. And so just calm, calm down a little bit and realize that, that sex is, it, it, it just operates in so many levels. There's a spiritual level, how you feel about it in your conscience before God. There's the emotional level, what's happening relationally. And it's a physical sport. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it involves bodies and your body. There are a lot of areas where sex can become problematic or even seem to go wrong. Right. And so we should expect that something so complex are going to have issues. So not to freak out that you're having to work on things. No, this is just a part of being married. Mm-hmm. Uh, one we really wanted to attack throughout the book. I mean, Deborah mentions this in the expectations chat, but we really challenge it throughout is that sex is primarily for the man, mm-hmm. either for his pleasure or to keep him from sinning or, or, or whatnot. And that's just not the way to build a mutually pleasurable sexual relationship. And it isn't true to the word of God that stresses a woman's pleasure, how God not only physiologically designed a woman for sexual pleasure, but celebrates it in the Song of Songs, the very second verse of that book, her saying, the wife saying that she has no higher pleasure than making love. Right. to her husband. Um, and so going in expecting that this is something for a couple, not one half of the couple, something you're going to work on. You may not always desire it, but understanding the importance of it in the relationship. I think that is so true. And I think, I hope that there's a lot of, you know, maybe engaged or newlywed couples who are listening to this right now, because I think that would save so many just such frustration sure. because expectations are everything. I mean, what we, and you know, and a lot of us going into marriage, we have premarital counseling, but I don't know of many premarital counseling groups or programs that necessarily talk about that. And I think it is something that is so important to acknowledge because that's when the enemy can really get a foothold is when we start thinking, oh, there's something wrong with me or, oh, 
I guess we aren't compatible. And, you know, I guess this is just not going to work. And, you know, it, it's like, because the we're all wrapped up in our feelings, you know, and feelings like we say on this podcast all the time, you know, our feelings are indicative of maybe something going on, but they're not meant to be our cup, our compass in our life. And so it's so important to just, if when you can, like you said, Gary, calm down <laughs> and know, like, listen, you may not desire it all the time and that's okay. And it's going to look a little different in different seasons of your life. And your body doesn't always necessarily cooperate, but that doesn't mean you're damaged. Like there's, you know, there's going to be things you're going to have to work through as a couple. And I just love how honest and real you guys get about that specifically in this book. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, it's well, so honest. You know, Go ahead. One of the, I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. One of the things people always talk about, the problem of differing libidos, mm -hmm. as if that's something that can be fixed by that, you know, one wants <laughs> sex more often than the other. Yes. Well, why is sex different from wanting to eat out? My wife would like, when, when I'm away on a trip and, and I've been speaking three times, I just want to crash in the hotel room and watch a football game or a movie or something. Lisa's allergic to hotel rooms. There's, <laughs> there's got to be a farmer's market. There's got to be cute shops somewhere to look at. And yeah. more often than not, well, we're not going to fix that. There's not something wrong that Lisa desires to go outside more than I do. That's just a normal part of marriage. Some yes. couples like to be more physically active with exercise. One often doesn't like to exercise as much. One might like to eat out more. One would rather be the homebody who has home-cooked meals. <laughs> yeah. But, but somehow we think that if we don't just perfectly jive sexually, that this is a major assault and problem that has to be overcome. And so this chapter was just kind of as you got it out, just said, let's just take a deep breath, <laughs> yeah. calm down. Mm -hmm. Sex is really good. Right. There are going to be issues that have to be addressed, mm -hmm. but we don't have to be frantic that this has, you know, every time the sex has to be better, every time the sex has to be super all-star quality. It's just recognizing yes. a realistic view of what long-term monogamous married sex is all about. Yes. It's yeah. such a great, such a great illustration. You've got an amazing gift of just being able to to take these things that, that we, we all make so complicated and just simplifying it mm -hmm. and being able to call it what it is. And I, I love that very true, very beautiful analogy that we're, we're going to be wired up differently in all kinds of ways, yeah. you know, like different needs for, uh, you want to I want to do this more. You want to do that more. And neither are wrong, and it's finding a way to serve each other. So good. Yeah. And in this book, there are a lot of things that you described, you and Deborah described, that I thought that's a that's a, a new and novel, beautiful way of just kind of putting handles on these concepts. Uh, one of those that stood out to me were the, the five senses of sex mm, yeah. that you listed in one of the chapters. And I just thought, yeah, that's so good and such a such a... I don't know. I had just never thought of it that way before, and I thought it was brilliant. And so why don't you share with us kind of what those five senses are? Well, all of the five senses are celebrated in the Song of Songs as pathways to sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. at, at the start of every section, I have a quote from the Song of Songs celebrating how that sense is activated in the lovemaking between a husband and wife. And what this has meant for me, Dave, is that I think especially when I'm working with a younger couple— and I, like, I don't mean to be sexist, but oftentimes with younger husbands, if you mention sex, they're thinking penetrative intercourse. Right. I don't know what language I can use on this yeah. podcast. No, anything you, we're very okay. wide open. Ashley usually <laughs> cusses a lot. So, you know, you feel free. That's not true. That's <laughs> not true. I know that. I know. <laughs> so they're just thinking of penetrative intercourse. And the whole point right. of the five senses is appreciating the journey. A woman, a man's orgasm lasts about six seconds. The average woman can be like 12 to 15. So it's about twice as a man, but, mm -hmm. but still 
that's not very long. And so recognizing that the sexual experience is about the journey to get there and the senses can just prolong that journey and create an entirely new experience. So it's not just arriving, but the whole process of getting there that can be just as enjoyable and sometimes even more pleasurable. And right. so there are just little hacks that we talked about, for instance, yeah. um, on, on the whole sense of sound, the difference. Neurologically, they've studied this, the difference that listening to music can do and how it creates just a different uh, tone and experience, the kind of music, whether you're listening to music, the way it awakens your brain. We talk about how wives can use their voice as an instrument. Mm -hmm. If you just look at a wife's words, um, how it's such a different experience if she is laughing, if she's cooing and moaning, if she's begging, if she's silent, intense and whatnot. I mean, the same couple could have sex five different times, an entirely different experience, just by the way the wife is using her voice and the sound mm -hmm. that she's creating. Uh, one thing that was helpful for me, and I've been married over three decades, I didn't know this, a woman's skin can be up to 10 times more sensitive than a man. So when you think about the sense of touch, it explains why women often like more foreplay than guys, because it just feels better to them. And it also often explains why men sometimes feel like wives' touches are too soft. Mm -hmm. And women might feel like, you know, I wish you would have a little bit of a lighter touch. Uh, just knowing those little things can make such a big difference. Uh, and mm -hmm. every couple is going to be different, but but we found some things that were really fun, like smell. There's this one, if we got some younger listeners out there, or even some um, engaged couples, this one wife did a great thing where she wore a particular kind of perfume their wedding night, the first time they made love. Every anniversary, she gets that perfume out, dabs it on, and they're brought back to that wonderful experience because smell is directly connected to memory in yes. our brain. Yeah, that's, that's right. And, and so that's there's really cool. a lot of little like that can really add to lifelong sexual intimacy. Mm. It's really thinking outside of the box. I love that. But so practical. And, and I think we can, things that we can actually do, you know, and that's, that's really cool. Yeah. It, it is like so it. practical. Like that's what I, I love about this is, you know, whenever we talk about sex, some folks, they just kind of clam up and they're mm -hmm. like, I don't even know where to start. And this book it just makes it so practical. It's like, I can, I can do that. And yeah. it opens even just what you shared. It's like thinking new thoughts, thinking of things in a new way and, and yeah. little, uh, little life hacks that can easily be implemented that are going to help you and your spouse be more connected. And I love that. But what, what about the person out there listening? And maybe they're listening specifically to this episode, uh, because their sex life at the moment is just non-existent. Right. Intimacy is dead. The bedroom is like a cold place. It's just sex is not happening, um, or certainly sexual intimacy is not happening. And, and maybe when sex is rarely happening, it's just kind of like, you know, mechanical and, and there's not real connection in it. Um, where can a couple start to, to rediscover yeah. the passion, get back to where they want to yeah. be? I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles, 
and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the, the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu slash naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked. Inflation is out of control, and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily, and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a, a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or 10 bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it, get that under control, and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier and junk is sometimes more convenient and we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. Well, as a licensed counselor, Deborah wrote a chapter called Going Back to Go Forward. Mm. And sometimes you, you, you want to go back and figure out what went wrong. When I had a running injury one time, uh, my doctor, he was a marathoner himself, said, okay, what have you changed? Did you change your shoes? Did you have new speed work? He's going back to when I was healthy. And then when right. I got unhealthy, he says, what, what was different? And so, and, and it could be so many different things. They've, it, there could be theological repression if somebody just feels like somehow it's naughty or it's wrong yes. or it's yeah. sinful and they just don't feel released. And so then you have to deal with it theologically. Mm-hmm. It could be emotional. There could be abuse issues where abuse is brought up. Now, so many times I've talked with people where because of abuse or not necessarily abuse, but just they felt like they did things that weren't appropriate before they got married. Right. And it brings up those old guilt feelings, mm-hmm. even though the guilt isn't appropriate anymore. Mm-hmm. They haven't dealt with the guilt and so they've got to deal with those psychological issues. It could be relational. 
It could be the lack of something in a relationship. One wife told me, Gary, I would love to have a great sexual relationship with my husband. She goes, and if he would just pray with me, she said, he wouldn't be able to handle me. And I, he, he'd be crying uncle long before the night is through. She said, I would wear him out. Said, before you touch my body, touch my soul. Yeah. Or on a negative way in a relationship, another woman said, Gary, everything you're saying sounds great, but here's the problem. Everything I do is wrong. I don't mm-hmm. drive right. I don't clean right. I don't raise the kids right. Yeah. I don't clean. I, nothing I do is right. So I know at the end of the day when I'm really tired and I'm in bed, if we have sex, he's going to be critiquing me. And it's not that she doesn't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be criticized. And right. so it's a critical spirit wow. that's killing the sexual relationship. Yeah. It, it could be that it's not mutually pleasurable. One partner right. doesn't feel cherished. One partner feels used. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned in my book on cherishing marriage, the difference is I want to use sex to cherish my wife, not use my wife to cherish sex. Yeah, that's so good. They're yeah. a very different thing. And if somebody's feeling used, eventually they're going to start to hate sex. Nobody right. likes to feel used. And then finally, so like there's a half a dozen things to explore, but finally I would say maybe it's a physical thing. Mm-hmm. There could be um, premature ejaculation, erectile yeah. dysfunction, pain for the woman, yeah. uh, any number of things that are just physical realities. The, the wife might have a difficult time orgasming. So mm-hmm. it, it's trying to figure out, okay, is it spiritual? Is it psychological? Is it relational? Is it physical? There are a lot of areas to explore. The point is it's worth exploring. It's worth doing the work because a sexually intimate relationship lifts the marriage up on so many different levels. It requires grace and vulnerability. It draws you together. It creates those wonderful after sex smiles later on when you're in a room with everybody else and nobody (laughs) knows what you did, but you two know. (laughs) Um, It just a, a lot of good things. And so it's worth going back so that you can go forward. Man, that's so good. It's so good. I really hope, you know, Gary mentioned so many things that I know so many of our listeners can relate to. And, you know, I I hope that when you heard that, that maybe a light bulb went off. It's not any kind of shame attached to it. Don't, you know, this is not meant to shame anybody or, you know, like, let's say maybe there was like a sexual past and you felt shame over that. You know, God wants you to have freedom. And so you have to be able to take it out into the open and, and deal with it and talk to your spouse about it and allow God to heal you from that because he wants you to, to have a thriving marriage and having a thriving sex life is, is part of that, but you got to get real about it. And so I love how you guys talk so openly about this. And, you know, out of the gate, Gary said, this book is meant to be read by both the husband and the wife to get the most out of this. And so I hope when you all pick this up, that, that that's what you'll do, that you'll both read it and not point fingers. That's not the point of this, but really as you read it to kind of, you know, ask God to reveal to you, you know, maybe if you can relate to some of this stuff and then really talk about it with your spouse and begin to, to talk about what are some things we can do differently? You know, what, what are the things we want to continue doing that maybe have been confirmed as kind of moving us in the right direction from reading this book, but what are some things that we need to maybe tweak or change or get help with? And um, and just like Gary said, I mean, that w- the thing that, that could just really continue to bring our sex life down and moving in the wrong direction is not doing anything and just kind of sitting back and saying, well, this is just how right. it is. But we can move forward and have a better sex life than we probably ever thought we could if we just, if we continue to work on things, just like we work on our marriage relationship. 
Yeah, it's so, so good. Um, and, you know, Gary mentioned, he mentioned some of the areas of, of sexual dysfunction that can hold people back, yeah. uh, including, you know, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, uh, discomfort during during sex. We actually, uh, next month, stay tuned, we're, we're interviewing two physical therapists who specialize in pelvic floor issues, right. which are the group of muscles. You know, I, well, just to preview, going we're going to gonna all talk all about some of the physical physical ways that you can work through some of those very common issues. So just as a preview of that, but um, Gary and Deborah also address some of that uh, right here in this book. And there's no shame if you're experiencing anything like that, that can be an embarrassing thing to talk about. And you feel Mm -hmm. like my body's not working right. And that's part of what's holding me back. But part of what this book is going to do so well for you is just be a safe place for you to have those guided conversations with your spouse and to realize you're not alone and there is help Mm -hmm. and hope available to get you to that place of, of a healthy sex life. And Gary, one more question before we dive into our kind of question of the day from a listener. And that is just like, what does a healthy sex life look like in marriage? Because I think we all have these different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually when we think of sexy health, li- sec- uh, sexy health <laughs> I was life. like, sexy health. Hmm. Sexy healthy health- sex life. <laughs> no, I think se- sexy health life is going to be our next. Sexy uh, health life. Sexy health life. So I want, I want, yeah. So you know what I meant. Healthy sex life. Healthy sex life. Yes. What does that mean? You know, I mean, I want my sex life to be healthy. And what does that mean? Because that's a loaded question. Yeah, Um, yeah. But what what does it look like? I think one of the benchmarks is that it's mutually pleasurable. Both partners feel cherished. Both partners feel loved. Both partners feel pleased. That they know this isn't just one-sided but it's for both. That's the way God designed it to work. And I think a healthy sex life takes both partners' uh, pleasure into account. Mm-hmm. I think speaking as a Christian, and I think this is important, it should also draw us closer to God. Yes. Uh, there shouldn't be anything in the bedroom where somebody's coerced or made to go against their conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that they feel separates them from God. The best sex is when you realize you experience it to the fullness as God designed it. And you're you're thanking God that he created something so wonderful, that he created you with the body, that he's given you a spouse, that mm-hmm. you get to experience this. It should be a worshipful experience, not right. something that gets in the way of your conscience, not something that makes you wince when you think back, but actually something that makes you want to praise and worship. I think that's the marker um, of a healthy sex life as well. Amen. I love that. I love that. I'll give awesome. that an amen for yeah. sure. Yeah, love it. And well, can I... I don't mean to get weird, but Ashley said something I really wanted to follow up on yeah, as a pastor because sure. I really sure. appreciate you mentioning this. I just have a feeling someone might need to hear this when you said okay. somebody that feels like they were maybe sexually active before they got married or something, and it's really tripping them up. Yeah. And I would just say as a pastor, we don't pay for past sins by experiencing sexual frustration in the present. Yeah. It, steal, it, it steals from our spouse. And that doesn't pay for our sins. Jesus paid for our sins yes, so that absolutely. we could enjoy the fullness of life here on earth and in heaven. And so yes. trust in the fact that you have a savior, go to Jesus, receive forgiveness. It is a lie that you should accept a substandard sex life because you had your fun before right. you got married. The reality is sexual marriage should blow premarital sex out of the water. It can be so much better, so much fulfilling and even so much more exciting and pleasurable. And so it is a, it is a lie from hell yes. that in any way accepting a substandard sex life pays for past sexual sin. Jesus pays for our sin, mm-hmm. not us. 
That is so good. So true. I, I hope people are really listening. I know that leaning into that because I know that there are people that they need to hear that. So thank you so much for sharing that. I know it's going to set so many people free. Yeah. All right. Well, Q&A time. And yes. we get to have Gary with us. So we're so excited. It's what I love it when I have some someone that is really experienced and smart because, uh, you know, Ashley's the, the really smart one in the relationship. But when I need backup <laughs> on these questions and I can just hire a pinch hitter. Oh my Gary goodness! To come in and deal with these difficult questions, <laughs> and I don't have to. Yeah, I don't have you're to figure so it smart. out. Come on. I was, you're so sweet. But today's <laughs> question. Thank you, by the way, to those who write in these questions. It's my favorite part of the whole podcast because it lets us know what you're going through, and it gives us an opportunity to serve you by talking about these specific issues. So you yes. can write us at nakedmarriagepodcast.com and submit um, submit your questions there if you want them read on the air. Today says, in my marriage, my wife feels like I require too much of her time and it is never enough. She has her own interests and things she likes to do alone and encourages me to do the same. I grew up with a very different example of marriage where the husband and wife basically did everything together. How can I give her the space she's asking for and not mm-hmm. feel alone? Um, oh, yeah. I think I've misread that first sentence. Mate. My wife feels like I require too much of her time. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so, so the husband in this situation, he wants to be together all the time, and the wife's like, you're smothering me, man. Like, I need my space. I need, and so. We've actually, we have a, a couple that we've worked with, very exact dynamic with yeah. this. So I know this dynamic and it, and I see both sides. Like I see both sides of it, but um, it can be very frustrating for both when one right. is very independent and loves their spouse, but like really just has well, kind of their own way of doing things. I, I get it. And Gary, is this come kind of down to that example you gave early on about, you know, difference, you equated difference in sex drive to difference in, in, in preferences in other areas. It's like I have a higher yeah. drive for sex versus a higher drive for this. Is a higher drive for togetherness versus a yeah. higher drive for, for like um, uh, autonomy a little bit in marriage? Is that is that yeah. It, is that comparable or is it two like totally different things? No. Well, look, I'm working with a premarital couple now where this came up on a test. She mm-hmm. is an extreme introvert. Mm-hmm. He's very much an extrovert. And so we right. talked about what that meant. She's going to need some time alone. She needs to regroup and he's going to have to give her space and learn not to take it personally. Right. It doesn't mean she doesn't like him. It means that's how she regroups and she'll be a better wife. She'll be a happier person. If she can do something, she may want to pray alone. You know, she yeah. might you might say, how can you not want to pray together? Well, maybe she prays better alone if she's a strong introvert. <laughs> that doesn't mean she can't occasionally pray with him, but sure. I think it's wise to give her um, her space. And so I would say this isn't something you should expect to change or overcome. This is one of those things that Dr. Gottman says you, you've got to manage and deal right. with. Manage so, the word. She, she may have to give a little bit to spend more time with you than, than she would like to, but you've got to learn to find independently. You have other friendships. You learn to do things on your own. Um, and it's just, it's just the way we process things as introverts and extroverts. It's not wrong or right. It's just is. That's why I like to bring it up in premarital counseling. My couple's been forewarned. He knows what she's getting into. She knows what she's getting into. But once you're married and you have that, then it's like, well, okay, here's how you deal with it. Yeah. My mind goes, and, and maybe this is like just too middle school, but it's like, I don't know, my sense of humor is kind of there. <laughs> but it made me think years ago, there was this Saturday Night Live sketch of this fake commercial, and it was for the couple that just insisted on doing everything together. And it was a it was a two-seated toilet 
where what? The, where, the, where the, the couple like and it with the joke the joke was that the couple even like would have to go to the bathroom together oh because gosh. they wanted no, to do everything no, no, together no, 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 no. and it was so <laughs> cringy but like I laughed and laughed because they made it look like a real commercial for that couple that just couldn't be apart oh my goodness but but you know the the joke is that obviously there are just moments clearly where. You, you're going to need your own space, and that's okay. And and uh, especially, you know, factoring in introvert versus extrovert, different preferences, and all that. That really, in marriage, we're just trying to help each other be at our best. And if your spouse needs a little more alone time, don't make them feel badly for how God wired them up. Right. Just help them to get that space that they need. I mean, even you know, in our marriage, there, there's different rhythms that we've learned to kind of appreciate about each other. And yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm a morning person. She's a night owl. Like, you know, I don't make her try to get up early. She doesn't make me stay up late. You know, she has a routine here and there. And like we, you know, we we make sure to prioritize each other. Right. But we're together a lot. We're together in a, a lot. But we also. But I'm I'm an extrovert. I mean, yeah. an introvert, very very much so. And he knows that about yeah. me. And I'll, so and yeah. And I and I like to go for a jog. Not probably as fast as Gary. He's like a legit legit ah. runner but i'll like slowly hobble along but she's not she doesn't, <laughs> I'm not a runner she's not a runner and so i don't try to make her be but we'll go on walks together like we just have to figure out like how to, flow. how to find your flow and help your spouse be at their best and serve each other's needs right i want to oh, go ahead yes go ahead if, if, if i could add not to judge your marriage or compare it to others it yes. doesn't mean you're not as good of match as a couple. You're, every marriage is unique in its own way. Sure. And you might have two extroverts that really want to spend just about every moment of the day. That doesn't. There's not something wrong with that, and there's not something right. wrong with you wanting space. If, if we go back to the analogy we used before about couples wanting different things that you brought in, Dave, on our, on our last speaking trip, I know Lisa likes to get out. I got done speaking. It was a long day. We had four sessions. We went out, and there's this area she wanted to look, and then. So after an hour and a half, two hours, I'm like, okay, I, I'm done. She yeah. goes, it shops. I go back. I'm laying down. I'm watching a little football or something. Yeah. So she felt like she got some time with me, but right. then I got some time to decompress. That, that's okay. There's no wrong or right to this. It's two people trying to give a little to each other, respecting each other, and appreciating each other. Absolutely. I want to add a a little thing, though, and I don't know. Let let me see that question real quick, sweetie. It's hard to tell from these questions all the different layers to it because there's definitely, you know, it's nuanced and there's things that he's not saying that are going on. And I just want to say this. If the issue is an issue of priority, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast, and it's more than just time together, but he doesn't feel like he has a priority in her yeah, life. Yeah. That's an, an entirely different Good issue. Gosh, we we have whole podcasts on this. And if that is the issue, then, um, you know, I would definitely talk to her about that and say, listen, it's more than just the time, but I feel like your friends, your job, your interests are just more important than me. So when push comes to shove, you're going to choose them over me. And that just hurts me. It makes me feel lonely. It's not that I don't want to give you the time. I understand that you're wired differently than me, but I just want to know that I'm your priority, that I'm one of your top priorities. You know, it's God and then the marriage. And, uh, and if that's the issue, which I don't know if it is, but if it is that, that definitely is something that needs to be addressed. And, um, and then you guys can talk about, you know, she may not even realize that. Like it, it may be a huge blind spot for her. So give her the benefit of the doubt that she doesn't, you shouldn't, you know, she's not intentionally trying to hurt you. But uh, I definitely think that that issue of priority, if, if that is the issue, needs to be addressed. Mm. She yeah. is as wise as she is beautiful, my friends. <laughs> so guys, listen, this has been a great, great conversation. I encourage you to pick up Gary and Deborah's book. Um, we are. Both for both Gary and Deborah, we're honored to call them friends and just so believe in what they're doing. Married Sex is a great, great book that's going to help you grow in this 
season of this this aspect of your marriage. And and even though this is a separate book, not to confuse the waters, but just to congratulate Gary on a huge milestone. It wasn't too long ago, Gary, that I saw that you and your publisher were celebrating a million copies of Sacred Marriage. A million I mean, guys. That's awesome. A that is million. Just awesome. That is just amazing. And we just want to congratulate you on that because it's just, you know, it's just another example of how your work is all around the world, mm-hmm. um, continuing to uh, to change marriages, point people closer to Christ and closer to one another, build legacies of strong marriages and families. And this latest book, Married Sex, is uh, is is another wonderful step on that journey. And we just we just love you and cheer you on. Yes. If I ever Thank get a tattoo, you. it's probably going to be a tattoo of Gary oh, Thomas. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where to put it. But He's like, please don't. It's probably on my back. But I'm, oh, I'm, wow. gonna, I'm, still, so I'm still trying to figure that out. I'll let you know. But Gary, where can folks find you? Because I know uh, if they're not following you already or not reading your, your books, yeah. they're going to want to start. So what's the, where are the best yeah. places they can find you? Well, my website has a blog and lists all my books. It's just my name, GaryThomas.com. Mm-hmm. Remember, my name, Gary Thomas, just put a .com at the end and you'll get there and have a blog on growing in Christ and then a blog on for marriage and singles. Uh, at The website for the book is MarriedSex.us. Okay. Now, you got to be careful when you type in anything like that in Google, but yes. MarriedSex.us will take you to the landing page for the book. Perfect. I love it. it. Thank you again so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. It's really been our pleasure. And thank you all for listening to the Naked Marriage Podcast. Gary, keep up the great work and everybody we'll see you next time. Bye guys. Bye.